Hello, this is Danielle Freitag with Jenna DeYoung, Real Talk Podcast, encouraging faith and inspiring restoration, sharing tips, tools, and talk. We're exploring a biblical worldview that empowers and prompts faith in action. episode six. This is Danielle and Jenna. Hey guys. So this is a statement that could be good for any of us, no matter what we're going through, what we had been through, what is before us now. Um, But if you truly desire, if we truly desire to move forward in our lives, we must have honesty. And this came about as I was in conversation actually this last week with somebody Um, yeah, just, you know, reflecting on my own stuff, things that I've gone through in my life, um, things that this person is going through, but, um, there's so much in scripture about honesty and, and authenticity, and it marks so many different areas of my life that I'm thinking of right now. But what I know is that I want my life, you know, I genuinely want my life to align with Christ. And he is the one who said, I am the way I am the truth. And I am the life. And so we have him to look to in all things. So honesty is the foundation upon which you can move forward. Whatever it is, whatever you're going through, honesty is the foundation upon which you can move forward. And, you know, for those in recovery, anyone coming out of any kind of addiction, right? There's this uh, term, and you may have heard it on this podcast before, especially during National Recovery Month, which is every September. But H-O-W, how, right? Is that the acronym? How, how to get sober is honesty, um, open-mindedness, but I always say being minded to Christ and then willingness. So that's how to work through something. So let's talk about honesty, Jenna. Um, I'd love to hear, you know, just any stories that you have. I definitely have one that I could share. Um, And then let's dive into, let's dive into scripture. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When you were talking about, you know, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. What I heard was, is that like, you can't come into alignment with the truth. You can't come into alignment with God if you're not being honest. So you can't be walking in truth if you're not honest. And sometimes the hardest person to be honest with is yourself, you know, because you know we have a tendency to to be able to see things in other people, but really we need to be looking at ourselves and know that, you know, every single person has stuff going on and every single person is in the midst of a process, either coming to Christ or growing to be more like Christ. And so, yeah, I just was thinking about, you know, back when, you know, I gave my life to the Lord and we had, you know, moved to town here and, I hadn't walked through the healing process from the trauma of abortion. And, um, I felt like, you know, once we had moved to the town that we're in now, for whatever reason, it was like, this place has been like a resting place for me. The Lord told me it was like, it's kind of like a safe place for me to start to heal. And as the Lord began to work in me and work these things out of me, I really had to be honest. I'll never forget, you know, for the rest of my life, when I was in the closet of my 
um, my, my closet in my room and I was sitting on the floor and I literally had to say out of my mouth, I killed my baby. And when it came out, it was the truth and it was crushed. I think I was trying to avoid that for so long, or I, I just, I hadn't come to the truth, you know? And, you know, after that happened, um, after I said that out loud, there was just this whole new level of like this godly sorrow that just overtook, like, I feel like my whole body and I just wept and I cried and I cried out to God and I said, God, I'm so sorry. And it, we know what was beautiful. And maybe I've even brought this up before is, is that like, I just heard the Holy spirit saying like, I'm so sorry. I I didn't want this for you. Like, I'm so sorry, you know? And so it was just like this exchange and, you know, just like in, um, let me see, what is it in the book of second Corinthians, it talks about godly remorse over sin. And it talks about, you know, there's godly remorse, but then there's also worldly remorse and worldly remorse leads to death, but godly remorse actually leads to life. So when you're honest with yourself and when you're honest before God, he can now use that for your victory and for your healing. Yeah, that's so good. And even though there was an influence by death and deceit, for abortion to happen. Cause I, I really connect with what you're saying. And I had a very similar, um, experience of like, like a realization moment of what really happened. And even though I was not well, when I had the abortion, when I, um, was influenced by deceit, there was such a, a release and an experience of God's love and forgiveness in the moment of confession, in the moment of this is the real truth, the real reality. And it's definitely so that the person who has a soft heart, who, who can connect with the father is going to experience remorse, hard hearts. That's what we don't want. We don't want the hard heart where we don't see the reality of what's really happening. And, you know, you mentioned something about getting honest with self and you're, you're so right, Jenna, that it, it can be at, at some point in our lives, it can be like the hardest thing. Um, and this was something that I, that I wrote a while back, but how can I work um, honesty in this new life in recovery and restoration? The thing is, is we have to learn to look in the mirror, accept the person who's looking back and be honest about what's really going on. And, and, and what's really happening once truth can be accepted, there can begin the process of improving life, right? Cause we can't solve problems that we're not willing to acknowledge if they're not there, that they're not there. And, and it's hard to move forward in the weightiness of lies, right? Like I, I, like I'm reminded so much of a lot of the uh, statements in recovery, like you're not going to move forward if you can't get honest. And that's so true, no matter what it is that we're experiencing, honesty is foundational to moving forward. Otherwise you just keep getting stuck in lies and weightiness. And it's such a trap of, it's such a trap of the enemy. So I just have one scripture. I've got another story, but I know you've got something. So uh, Ephesians four verse 25. I love this. This was shared in a group this last week, but therefore lay aside falsehood, speak truth to one another 
um, speak truth to your neighbor for we are members of one members of one another, one body in Christ. So, I mean, it's important that we're being not only honest with ourselves, but honest with one another. And I can remember a story, like my husband told me, I know he'd be okay with me sharing this story. So I'm going to kind of put him on the spot here. (laughs) It's such a good story though. So he, he had shared a story with me one time about when he had first gotten sober. So he's in recovery as well. Um, I don't know. I think my husband has like 16, 17 years of sobriety, something like that, um, which is amazing. But he remembers a time and he shared this with me when he was just getting sober and he caught himself lying, right? Like he, he realized it, right? Because what the Holy Spirit does, the Holy Spirit comes in and immediately can bring that conviction. And if we're sensitive to it and we're not, um, you know, dulling our senses, we're going we're gonna to respond. We get an opportunity to respond to what the Spirit's doing. And so he did in that moment, he actually said to the guy like, hey, I don't know why I did this, but I just lied to you. Like he told the guy in that moment and it broke something in his life. And he shares that from that moment on, there was an honesty in his life. And sometimes it's going to take some kind of courageous thing like that. Like if you know, you've lied to somebody, get honest, (laughs) you know, that's because otherwise the dishonesty is going to destroy the relationship. Dishonesty is one of the biggest destroyers of relationships and life circumstances because it shows those close to you that they can no longer trust you. And it's hard to be in relationship with someone. If you know, you know, if you know that they're lying or they're not willing to get honest. That's really good. I actually really relate to that because I can remember, um, I feel like I used to lie about just the dumbest things, like even the things before I knew the Lord. And so then when I gave my life to the Lord, you know, you now have the Holy spirit living and dwelling inside of you. So before when there was really no conviction, um, once I got saved and accepted, accepted Jesus as my Lord and savior, there was now this conviction. And I was just, I remember just feeling like, I don't want to lie anymore. Why am I lying? And so I love that tool that you actually just shared with people, because that I feel like can be a tool that you can use that if you, catch yourself lying about something just immediately. And in the moment, speak it out of your mouth. And just because in, in reality, he was re- basically repenting to that person. Like, Hey, yes. I don't know why I just did that. Like, and I know repentance can be like a scary word, but it's really not. It's really just, you know, what we should be doing. <laughs> we should be repenting for any, you know, behavior that isn't holy and isn't right and isn't godly. And, and in a sense, we're humbling ourselves. Like Corey humbled himself in that moment, right? And laid down and was in humility and was like, I'm so sorry. And just like you said, it broke something from that day forward. So Amen. that's a good story. Yeah, so good. Proverbs 12, 22 says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. John 8, 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Proverbs 19, 1. I love this one. Um, actually, there's a couple here that I, I had found that I really liked. Um, okay, where'd it go? Oh, 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 here. Oh, how about this one? Well, no, I'm going to go back. Proverbs 6, 16 through 20. There are six things that the Lord hates. Like that's such a strong word. Like, let's get, get this on the table for a minute. Like, like God is love. He loves you. You know, God loves people. Okay. Where are you at? Like sin. Hmm? Where are you at? Proverbs, Proverbs the 7- 6, 16 okay. through 20. Okay. Right. So, so God loves you. 
but he hates sin. Like, listen, like this is, <laughs> we got to get this picture of God. Like there are six things, six things that the Lord hates seven that are abomination to him, potty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, <clears throat> a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run evil, a false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among brothers or sisters. Keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Right. So like, this is a big deal. Can I read that in this version that I have? Absolutely. So I want to read again, the six evil things that God truly hates. And the seventh is an abomination. So there's six things that he hates, but the seventh is an abomination. So it's like a, it's like higher level of of evil, but it says putting others down while considering yourself superior, spreading lies and rumors, spilling the blood of the innocent, plotting evil in your heart toward another, Mm -hmm. gloating over doing what's plainly wrong, spouting lies and false testimony and stirring up strife between friends deception mm. among brothers like that's an abomination to the lord and this is really crazy because right before we got on here <laughs> i actually had a friend over in my kitchen and he brought up that very verse wow wow yeah wow it makes me think of like what is it that you know, and especially in the body of Christ, right? Because we're talking about brothers and sisters. We're talking about like when I read this, anyways, because because somebody yeah. who somebody who isn't a believer or they're not following Jesus Christ, they're not going to have like this same um, set of standards. Like God doesn't hold them to the same yeah. set of standards because they're right. lost. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So so when I read this, I just think of like, oh my goodness, like Lord, keep me from you know these things. And may I not stir up strife? <clears throat> may I not sow cords of dissension? And how does that happen? I think like for women, you know, and maybe it's the same for men. Sometimes I think it's different, but sometimes like for women, it could be like gossip or lying or being mean to one another. You know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of thinking like what, what might some of these things be, but whatever it is, I, I just think to myself, Lord, may I not be that person and may I show honor you know, and, and, and love towards my, my fellow brother and sisters. And and if I don't convict me, like show me, Mm -hmm. you know, Holy spirit, show me. I feel like gossip is a really big common thing within the church. And honestly, I can say that I've totally been guilty of it. And I still remember to this day when you actually (laughs) corrected me and you (laughs) you were like, you just took and like, I knew that you were right. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like to the Lord, you know, like I repented to the Lord. Yeah. But, but like, sometimes it takes that boldness to say, Hey, we can't continue in this right now. You know, yeah. we can't be gossiping. We can't be talking about other people. We can't putting other people down and then talking highly of ourselves. We can't mm. be spreading lies and rumors, you know, the spilling of innocent uh, of the innocent, you think of abortion, you know, putting mm. evil in your heart towards another person. So thinking about another person and how you can get back at them or, or how you can make their life bad, um, gloating over doing what's plainly wrong, spouting lies and false testimony. So like lying about, um, yeah, false testimony, things that didn't actually really happen. And then stirring up strife between, yeah. friends, between brothers and sisters in Christ. 
So good. So good. I'm actually, I'm, I'm remembering, um, because when I wrote my first, um, when I wrote my first book, there was a a place where I wrote about just the harm of gossip, right. And, and, and what it does and how we need to throw out, you know, bitterness, envy, slander, anger, like those are all examples of what I reference as the foxes. So, right. Like in the song of Solomon, there's the reference of the foxes that are getting in the way. And so I always think of like, what are those things that are going to ruin a relationship? Well, it's, it's exactly that it's, it's bitterness, envy, gossip, slander, anger, all that. And we want to deal with it because we don't want to give the devil a foothold. Right. And the scripture talks about that. We need to, we need to deal with this and get that out, you know, now, um, in Philippians four, eight, we are told whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And this is something that I wrote and I want to speak this out. So this was for my first book. Um, Let's not gossip, spread rumors or speak harshly about one another. The serpent who is the accuser of the brethren whispered lies of deceit into Eve's ears. We join forces with the accuser when we whisper into the ears of others. Like that is, the Lord showed me that. Like we join forces with the accuser when we whisper, you know what I mean? So I just got to check like the heart intent. Cause I think there's a way to like talk about things too, where it's like, you just got to check the heart motive. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think definitely. always staying on guard too of like, okay. So it said the enemy whispered lives into Eve's ear. And it's like, you know, in my experience, when there comes a whisper, like about another person, and it's kind of like along the lines of slander or whatever, that is always going to be the enemy. It's always yep. going to be the enemy every yep. single time, because what God, if, if God is trying to speak to you about a situation, he'll give you eyes to see them as he sees them. Amen. He'll show you like, oh, this person has a wound from this. And, the, you, and so, so you get, you see them with the right eyes and the right heart, but it's not out of like anger or strife or anything. And I actually wanted to read um, in James three, starting in verse 13, it's called wisdom from a, of a wisdom from above. If you consider yourself to be wise and no one and one who understands the ways of God, advertise it with a beautiful, fruitful life guided by wisdom's gentleness, never brag or boast about what you've done. And you'll prove that you're truly wise. But if there's bitterness, um, jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it and try to compensate for it by boasting and being phony. Um, for that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can be best described as the wisdom of the world, both selfish and devilish. So wherever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. And so that's a warning. <laughs> that's a warning over jealousy. That's a warning over competition. You know, the, the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God is that there is no competition because there's enough room and space for every single person to rise up in the gift and in the calling that God has called them to. And when we are each doing that and working together, we just bring such a fullness to the ecclesia, a fullness to the body of Christ. And there's a, enough room for everyone everyone. Um, but then it goes on and it says, but the wisdom from above is always pure, filled with peace, considerate and teachable. So Danielle, you talked about like 
an hard heart or an open heart. To have an open heart and to be full of wisdom is to be pure, filled with peace, considerate, and teachable. Um, it is filled with love and never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form. And it always bears the beautiful harvest of righteousness. Good seeds of wisdom's fruit will be planted with peaceful acts by those who cherish making peace. So good. Amen. 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 Daughters who honor one another seek to empower one another. Daughters of honor when they hear a sister talk about another, will intuitively know how to turn the conversation, right? And we talked about that. If any words, and I'm guilty of it too. Um, if any words are spoken of one another, let them be good words of honor and love. Let's encourage and uplift one another all the more in a world where bullying leaves wounds of rejection, right? We are, and this is exactly what you were saying. Like we are meant to cheer one another on because we fix our eyes. We fix our attention on God. And we are changed from the inside out from him. We bring love and honor towards one another, unlike the culture around us, which is always seeking to drag, you know, drag people down to its level of immaturity. So we're called to be different. We're set apart um, and God can bring out our best. So in turn, we can choose to see, call out and draw out the best in others. Now, this was a declaration and I'm going to say it again because I wrote this in 2018, but um, Honor is now being restored in the bride of Christ. No longer will she speak harshly about her sister, but she will honor her with her words as does her father in heaven, right? Because that's the thing we want to join with, like you said, how God sees somebody and not be joining with the accuser of the brethren. Join us next week. We have a special guest on season four, episode six, talking about the prevention of the hypersexualization of children. Um, you guys don't want to miss it.